Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, whenever or wherever you're listening to or watching us. This is the Osmo NHL DFS Strategy Show, and I am your host, Michael Clifford, a.k.a. Slim Cliffy. Welcome back, everybody. We have another fantastic NHL season ahead of us. But of course, before we dive into that, have to bring in uh, my co-host here, uh, who joins in our shared admiration for the Tampa Bay Power Play, our single entry superhero. His name is Joshua Harris. Josh, how are you doing today, bud? Oh, good to be back. Excited for another season. <laughs> I don't know why the NHL started us out with a two-game slate, but the NHL will do NHL things, and we've had two games and an hour to talk about them. So, I mean, I mean, I, I, I think they've done that in seasons past. Like, they want to have showcase games on the first night. Like, you'll have uh, an elite team against a cup contender, and then you know, Chicago against somebody out West or something for a late game. Uh, it just so happens that uh, two of the teams, two out of the four teams tonight are going to be missing significant chunks of their roster. Uh, so uh, we, as we see with the Vegas lines, and we'll get to those when we get to the games, they look to be lopsided matchups, but uh, lopsided matchups are often where you can find a little bit of value uh, going against the grain. So we're going to be sure uh, to dive into both of those games a little bit later. I uh, want to give a big thanks uh, to our sponsor, Yahoo Fantasy. We have a special deal for Osmo users and Yahoo Daily Fantasy that we'll talk about a bit later. But thanks uh, to Yahoo for sponsoring our show. While you guys are here, if you could give us a like and subscribe, uh, uh, you know, it helps helps you keep up with our shows and it helps us uh, build this channel. Um, we have lots of DFS uh, offers. We have lots of giveaways. Uh, once you subscribe, make sure you hit the notification button so that you uh, uh, get those little bells whenever uh, whenever we go live. Uh, and be sure to check out today's free premium content and tools. We have uh, MLB player projections and PGA top golfers all on the site for you guys to enjoy. So be sure to hit Osmo.com if you're for anybody that's playing a little bit of baseball tonight or maybe some PGA this week. All right, Josh, it has been an off season, not an, uh, a great off season, not a long off season, but it was an off season. Um, let's talk about this off season a little bit because we have one, one of the teams tonight, uh, Seattle, the Seattle crack, and obviously is the expansion team. They're the new team to the NHL. It's their first season in the league. Um, they're going to have some lineup problems that we're going to get to later, but I want to get your thoughts on, uh, the, the Seattle, the Seattle expansion, uh, process itself, how you think they did, how they might fare this year, you know, in that division that they're in, what do you expect out of them this year? I don't know. Really? Their, their team's not very good. I mean, they they look pretty good defensively, offensively. I don't know who's going to score, 
But unlike uh, with Vegas, with George McPhee, he just like loaded up on assets and picks and stuff. Seattle just didn't do that. The Coyotes did. Like it, it seemed like the Coyotes were the expansion team this year. Uh, maybe they will. They might be on the move. We don't know. But, you know, the, the Seattle top line's okay. Uh, you know, <laughs> Alex Wenberg is your top line center. Doesn't really, you know, scream, let's go score some goals. But, um, you know, I'm looking forward to it because, like, Seattle, Vegas, we never broke down that game last year. I, I feel like last season we were just breaking down the Edmonton Oilers, Senators on the three-game slate, and can we fade McDavid at 97%? We don't know. <laughs> so these are some fresh matchups. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that's one of the nice things too, right, is, is that, you know, you don't have to lock in Austin Matthews every slate because you know he's going to score at least one goal every night or maybe he's not going to I suppose uh, we'll have to wait and see how that goes yeah I agree with you on Seattle and it seems like a lot of the analytics models that that I looked at um, over the summer whether it might be uh, evolving hockey or over at hockey biz or what have you um, they have Seattle as a strong defensive team and I think the point here is that they're not weak anywhere and I think that's something that a, a lot of other teams don't have right like virtually every team has a bad fourth line right not you know if you put a fourth there any team's fourth line against you know most teams second lines they're going to get buried uh but if you look at you know seattle was able to pick you know second and third line players from across the league which means that their fourth line third and fourth lines are filled with second and third line players so I think Seattle, I think I agree with your assessment that Seattle's going to be a, probably a strong defensive team, especially in the division they're in. I mean, you, look, you got Los Angeles should be better, but, you know, their prospects aren't there yet. Anaheim should be a little bit better, but their prospects aren't there yet. San Jose looks like they're in clear decline. Edmonton might have like two NHL defensemen on the roster. Um, like this is, you know, other than Vegas, it looks like a fairly wide open division. So I'm excited to see what this, this team could do. I, I don't think they're going to be, you know, wizards on the ice, they're not going to be super exciting. I don't think like, not like a Tampa Bay or something like that, but I think they're going to be competitive in a lot of games. Um, and that's going to keep them in the run for the playoffs. And that's important for, for DFS too. Right. Like I, I, I remember playing DFS when the, when the Vegas expansion team uh, came into the league. Right. And everybody thought that uh, Vegas would just be a terrible team and that Vegas would get run over and, you know, Vegas eventually made it to the Stanley Cup final that year. Uh, but if you look at what they did uh, at the start of the regular season, they weren't like they were a good team. You know what I mean? Uh, they just busted right out of the gate, like eight straight win or like eight wins out of nine games or something like that. And I remember losing a lot of money <laughs> betting against Vegas, like a pick, like, you know, playing the Dallas Stars or the Colorado Avalanche or Boston Bruins or, or what have you, you know, this is an expansion team going up against the top five or top 10 team in the league. They should get blown out and they didn't. And it took a while for them to kind of come back to earth and they still ended up having a fantastic season. So I would kind of, that's my, would be my one little piece of advice on Seattle is that I think they're going to be a very good defensive team so that, you know, Maybe you don't see a 40 goal or an 80 point score there, but that doesn't mean they're going to lose 50 games this season either. So be very careful about just straight picking on Seattle. Um, I think that they're going to have a strong team. Is there anything else from this offseason that kind of caught your eye? Like, I, you know, New Jersey seemed to make some pretty big moves. They brought in uh, Dougie Hamilton. They brought in Thomas Tatar. Um, they look to be kind of on the up and up. They brought in Jonathan Bernier as well. Ryan Graves. Um, that looks like a team on the up and up. Is there anything else from the off season that kind of caught your eye? 
unfortunately, the Rangers are making some head scratching decisions. Traded Pavel Buchnevich for pennies on the dollar, moved Kreider to right wing. Kratzoff is in the minors. He wants to get traded. They got, you know, they got tougher with Ryan Reeves. Like he's going to get suspended for 38 games tomorrow when he like power bombs Tom Wilson through the center of the ice. But like, <laughs> don't get me started on the Rangers. I don't know why I went there, but they get me tilted. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, a lot of the, you know, Tampa Bay is one team to talk about. Like they lost their entire third line, which is their best defensive line. So, like, you know, Gord, Coleman, uh, Goudreau is now Matias Joseph, Ross Colton, Corey Perry. So, like, I think, you know, one of the things when Tampa was at home, like, oh, we got to avoid, you know, going up against the the Gord matchup. Now they're probably going to send out the point line against Top Comp more often than not because I don't think they're going to send out the second line because Stamkos is a liability even when he's healthy, like, I don't think he, something's a little bit off with him still. He has nagging injuries. He doesn't move as well as he does. I, I mean, I don't want to send out, you know, the Colton Perry Joseph line against Tom Comp. They'll get run over. You know, Pat Maroon is about as fast as, you know, someone with cinder blocks on skates and, you know, their fourth line is what it is. So I think, you know, Tampa's still going to be very good offensively. They got a very good blue line, but they don't have that shutdown defensive line anymore. So, you know, the Tampa, the Tampa games may be a bit more high scoring. Yeah, that I think that third line is a pretty important point to to bring up because a lot of teams have very good top sixes, right? Like Boston has a great top six, Toronto has a great top six, Colorado has a great top six, Vegas has a great top six. Where I think Tampa Bay separated themselves, and I think you know the proof is in the two Stanley Cups, was how good that third line was. You know, Goodrow, Coleman, and Gord. Like like Gord could be a first line center for Seattle if they don't put McCann there, right? Um, that's how good he is. And he was playing 18, 19 minutes a night in the playoffs as well. So I, I think you're right that that's a pretty big loss from them. And, you know, that's going to change some of their line matching. And we'll get to the line matching when we talk about Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh here in a few minutes. Um, yeah, but that's one team that I could see, you know, I, they're, they're not going to miss the playoffs or anything like that, but I could definitely see them taking a step back and, you know, not being one of the president's trophy contenders or something like that this year. I'm interested to see how Chicago does this season. I know there's a lot of excitement around the team. Obviously, Jonathan Taves coming back is huge for them. Uh, missed all last year with an illness. Uh, he's back. He looks like he's ready to go. Uh, they brought in Seth Jones, gave him that monster contract, brought in Mark Andre Fleury as well. Um, they look like they can run at least, you know, three good scoring lines, pretty good scoring lines. I'm not sure about that defense. Goaltending. You know, I'm not sure how Flurry's going to hold up behind that defense. They they look to be an interesting team in an interesting division. Um, do you have any thoughts on, on like, on that entire division really? Because there you have Colorado's out in the lead, but then you know how good's Minnesota going to be? How good's St. Louis going to be? How good's Winnipeg going to be? It looks like a tough race there. Yeah, St. Louis is a very deep team with Tarasenko in the bottom six. The only question mark really, I mean, their defense is pretty good, but you know. I've, I've, we talked about last season. We're not. We're both not big fans of Jordan Bennington, so the season kind of rides on them. They'll probably make the playoffs, but they probably won't go too far if Bennington is going to be Bennington. Um, you know, Minnesota, they at least got Kaprizov back. He didn't go to Russia, which would have been hilarious when the Calder go to Russia. But um, I don't know. That division is kind of wide open. Uh, you know, we, we all know that the Blackhawks can score. Uh, it's just a question of, you know, they upgraded the net. Is Seth Jones really an upgrade? Like that contract says it is, but that contract is also an abomination. Like that's going to be, <laughs> that, that might be one of the worst contracts 
given out in the off season. There was a, there was a whole bunch, but that's definitely <laughs> up there. Um, we'll see. I, I think they'll be competitive. I think they'll be live for a playoff spot. Not like last year when, when they started off good and then they fell off a cliff, but I think they can be competitive, you know, as long as Flurry stays healthy. I think that that's, a, that's the most important thing. Yeah, I, I agree. Especially in that division. I think they can pick up some wins against maybe some weaker teams. All right. One last thing I want to ask you about before we start getting to these games. And I see a good question from Clayton in chat. Always good to see you, Clayton. Clayton, welcome back to the NHL season. He asked, how good is this Caulfield kid for the Habs? I'm going to extend that to both him and Trevor Zegers because it seems like the consensus is, at least right now before the season, is that it's basically a two-player two race for the Calder Trophy, for the Rookie Trophy, between Caulfield and Zegers. I think Zegers, or I think Caulfield has to step ahead because he's, he's going to be playing with better players. How do, you, how do you break down the two of them? Like, what, How good do you think Caulfield and Zegers can be for their teams this year? Caulfield shouldn't be in the NHL. He's too short. That's what that's what all the professional, all the people told me. <laughs> but no, he's he's going to score a lot of goals. He's going to be on the top power play unit. Well, I mean, the Canadians they kind of split their units up, but it, it looks pretty good. Um, you know, the Canadians are going to not be as good as last year. They have a lot of issues uh, injury wise, and other than I mean, but we get a full season of Caulfield. Um, be interesting to see who he plays with consistently five on five, you know, five on five, but you know, he's a, he's a bona fide goal scorer. He's got a, a great shot. So Zegers, you know, <laughs> the thing with the ducks is like, are the minutes going to be there? That's always going to be the question. Like, is he going to get more than 14, 15 minutes tonight? Cause we know Caulfield is going to play. Like he's going to be on the ice. He's going to play the ducks. They're going to get rolled a bunch of times, you know, the, the coach likes to play like at least three, sometimes all four lines, 13 to 15 minutes a night. So like ice time might be an issue, but he's going to score. I, if, if I was a betting man, which uh, I am, uh, <laughs> I put my money on Caulfield here for uh, the Calder. Yeah, I agree. You know, top line, top PP minutes, better line mates, uh, but that's not to take away from Zegers and Zegers. It looks like they're going to be on the, he's going to be on the top line with Comtois and Raquel. And, and you know, it's something, right. At least he's getting two good, you know, 20 gold scoring wingers. That's something that, that they can do. All right. That's enough. Talk about the preseason. Thanks uh, to everybody for, for kind of uh, entertaining us. We just wanted to give some thoughts on everything that's gone on over the last couple months. Um, the NHL is back, and you can get started with some NHL DFS for only $3. When you use the promo code CROSSCHECK, that's CROSSCHECK, all caps, all one word, at checkout for 75% off your first week of Osmo Plus NHL, and that gives you access to everything we have to offer for NHL DFS. And, this and that means our player projections, our ownership projections, our top stacks tool, our lineup builder, and our premium Slack channels. Just click the link in the video description below to activate. This offer is valid through October 18th, which I believe is next Monday. Uh, stop guessing, start winning, join Osmo Plus today. That's cross-check, all caps, all one word, at checkout for 75% off your first week of Osmo Plus NHL. And I will say, I like, you know, it kind of sound, kind of sound a, a little bit biased here. I really like our Slack chat. I mean, I wasn't there too much uh, through the summer. Obviously, there just wasn't a whole lot going on. But during the during the season, like there, you know, we 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 you and I talk about line matching, and I think line matching is very valuable. But I honestly think late news is just as valuable because I remember one slate last year. I I, I forget who it was. I think it was in Florida. Uh, Barkov was announced out like five minutes before lock, 
And a bunch of us got Alex Wenberg in and Alex Wenberg actually scored. Now, I don't think any of us actually won money that night, but that's the type of swap that you can make and it can actually help and work out. And, and those are, those are the advantages of being in our Slack channel. Cause we have, we have absolute Hawks in there all day sharing lineup information. If it's not myself or Josh or Jake um, or, you know, Nolan Kelly or Josh Anderson or anybody like that, certainly uh, some of the subscribers are as well. So uh, our premium Slack chat, I think, alone uh, is very much worth at least trying out. So remember, promo code crosscheck at your checkout for uh, 75% off your first week of Osmo Plus NHL. Okay, let's get to the first game. We have the Pittsburgh Penguins with a 2.6 implied gold total going into Tampa Bay. The Bolts have a 3.4 implied gold total. Uh, Tampa Bay, massive favorite. This line moved a lot through the night because I bet – uh, Tampa Bay last night at about minus 180. <laughs> when I woke up this morning, it was at like minus 230. Uh, so I'll take uh, that CLV all day long. But we ha- we're we here to talk about DFS. And the big news from this game is obviously all the injuries on the Pittsburgh side, namely no Sidney Crosby, no Evgeny Malkin, no Jake Gensel. Those are their three best offensive players, three-fifths of their top power play, their two top centers, and their top left winger. Like, I'm surprised that, like, I will say that I'm surprised the Pittsburgh implied gold total is as high as it is. Like, I thought it would be probably down closer to where Seattle's is, but, you know, it is what it is. I want to get your thoughts on this game, um, but before I, I jump into that, I just want to give um, some quick lineup combinations. Uh, Tampa Bay, for those that have been around, uh, not no changes to their top six, same as it was last year, but obviously a lot of changes on Pittsburgh sides with the injury. Dan Hyden, who I wrote up uh, this morning in my Osmo Power Plays article, is on the top line with Jeff Carter and Brian Rust. Second line has Jason Zucker with Evan Rodriguez and Kasperi Kapanen. Third line, uh, Brock McGinn uh, and Dominic Simon on the wings with Teddy Bluger at center. So, yeah, when you have Jeff Carter, Evan Rodriguez, and Teddy Bluger as your three centers going into Tampa Bay, there's probably a reason why you're a very big underdog. So why don't you just start with the favorite here? Uh, talk about the players that uh, everybody should be talking about. Then after that, why don't you tell us what you like from the Pittsburgh side? Well, I mean, off the Pittsburgh side, we got a lock button Jeff Carter and a seven goals in there. He's the man. <laughs> had Jeff Carter every game when he was on the Kings. And so now he's the top line center going into Tampa. 6,100, 22% ownership projection. Lock button. No, I'm just kidding. This is a Tampa game. First of all, I have the Osmo lineup builder up. And if you're a premium member, this thing rocks. It has the lines. It has who's on the power play, the salary, the ownership projections, player projections, line projections. This tool I use the most throughout the day on the show. I suggest getting it. It's awesome. It keeps me from, you know, I'm, I'm a very forgetful person. I can see who's on the lines. I don't have to make a fool of myself. I just look at the lineup builder, but We'll see. Um, the thing you notice, it looks like Kalorn on the top power play over Palat. That kind of goes back and forth all season. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, that top line, I would imagine, you know, we don't know how they're going to match just because that third line is not there anymore. Uh, Crosby, Malkin, Gensel are out. So I would imagine the point line gets the Carter line. I would imagine they just go one, one, two, two, three, three. Um, not a hard lock, but I would imagine most of the time they see that. And if that's the case, you know, you know, what can you really say about Tampa one? They're an elite line. Kucherov is healthy. As far as we know, uh, point is one of the best young centers in the NHL. 
you know, plot is what he's kind of a vessel, but you know, it's a two game slate. You don't have to really go crazy with correlation on a two game slate. Um, maybe you want a full line in there and then you mix and match like some top values. You just got to find a way to get a little bit different in these, in these like winner take all $10 GPPs, like to really make money, you need to finish in the top three and it's a huge field. So, you know, leaving sour on the table, getting power play stacking, doing something different is, you know, possible way to get different. So if you want to do like a point Kucherov, off Stamkos and leave off Pilat, if it is him on power play too, I think, you know, it's going to be a popular build, but I think you can differentiate elsewhere. Uh, that top line, you know, if you want a full stack, that's fine. You know, Tristan Yari, not a favorite of mine. I think, you know, he's not a very good goalie. This is a, I think he sucks. There you go. I was being nice. <laughs> just kind of, <laughs> you woke up and chose violence, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like all the, the uh, Tampa top six is in play for me. You see these ownership projections, you know, the top line actually is projected uh, ownership wise lower than the second line. I think, you know, just because that second line's cheaper, both have two guys on power play one. I think you can mix and match, even do, you know, like a power play stack and mix in some, you know, Seattle value and hope, you know, they hit a bonus or something. But, you know, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on the power play here for Tampa. And then on the uh, Pittsburgh side, I'm kind of out on using a full line here. Jeff Carter, 6,100 is a little too expensive for me, especially at that ownership. If you want to sprinkle him in, I think that's fine. I think I'm going to avoid using that line because I think they're going to go against the point Kucherov line. If you do want to use a player off that line, it is Heinen. He's 3,300. He's going to be on the second power play unit. I think the value is there to play him. And as we said, you know, they lost that Tampa lost that uh, third line. So maybe there's more shots on goal. Maybe there's more goals. I don't know about in this game with this, this Pittsburgh team, but it's a two game slate. You can't just cross anyone off and say, no, I'm not going to play them because their totals low. You know, we can subscribe to the, the Buddha man theory of what should happen. Don't he, he, he. So like, I think you can have some Heinen, some Carter, some Ross out avoid full stacking. You know, that second line's okay. Zucker, Kapanen, two men on the power play. I'm not a huge fan of Evan Rodriguez, especially at his price, 4,400. I think you can sprinkle in some of the top six. Uh, I see Brian Boyles back in the NHL, which is really good to see. Uh, I'll save him for another day, probably when he's playing the Rangers. Uh, but yeah, for me, this is mostly a Tampa game. I like some guys on the blue line um, on the Pittsburgh side, like Pedersen at 2,700, I think is okay. Uh, Marino's way overpriced. Latang at fifty eight hundred is a bit pricey, especially his ownership. But you know, Dumoulin thirty eight hundred is a bit pricey. So I guess I really only like Pedersen. So ten, this right. is a tough game for me. Yeah. Okay. Um, before I give my thoughts, I just want to say thanks to Chris Worstel for that uh, twenty dollars su- uh, YouTube super chat. Uh, really appreciate. Um, really appreciate your guys' support. And you know, uh, don't. Feel free to jump in that YouTube chat and ask us some questions, guys. That's why we're here. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's a Tampa game, mainly because it's not necessarily that I think Pittsburgh's going to be terrible. It's I genuinely think Tristan Jari is just one of the worst goalies in hockey. Um, I was I was looking up some stats while I was writing up my power plays article this morning. I ended up writing up Philip Grubauer. We'll talk about him in the next game. Tristan Jari's uh, high danger save percentage and now high danger save percentage 
for those that aren't super familiar with it, it's basically a goalie save percentage in a small area around the net. So like, just try to picture like a little house coming out from the goal line out in front of the net like that. That's what high danger save percentage from shots in there is your high danger save percentage. And it's been found to have the highest correlation year to year to save percentage. So it's the best indicator we have right now, stats wise for goaltending. Tristan Jari's high danger save percentage over the last three years is worse than Mike Smith. Like it's literally, it's, it's literally like the 15th percentile of the NHL. And the thing with Tampa Bay is they're a team that regularly outscores their shot and expected goals rates, right? Because they have so many skilled players. They have Stamkos, they have, you know, Kucherov, they have point, they have Sorelli, they have the guys that can make the plays that the regular guys can't. And when you have a, a goalie like Tristan Jari, who really struggles with high danger shots and you have a team like Tampa Bay who will probably pass the puck 20 or 30 times before they, you know, before they take a high danger shot, because that's all they look for it. I think this is just a really, really bad matchup goaltending wise for Jerry. I mean, it's not like Tampa Bay is a good matchup for anybody in particular, but I just think for Jerry's style specifically, it's really bad. That's not to say that that Tampa Bay is going to completely shut out uh, Pittsburgh here, right? I wrote up Teddy Bluger this morning uh, in my uh, Osmo Power Plays article because he's on that third line and because he'll get matched up, I think, against that third line for Tampa Bay. And when you look at Matthew Joseph, like, he's fine. Ross Colton, uh, he was a rookie last year. He still doesn't have much of a sample. He only played, like, I think 20 or 25 games last year before uh, the playoffs. Uh, and then you have Corey Perry, who doesn't do anything offensively anymore, can probably still be fine defensively, but I think it's mostly just stick work and they're cutting down on cross-checking. So like, I have, I have, I really do have um, some questions as to how effective that Tampa Bay three line can be out of the gate. And I think now would be the time to take advantage of it. You know, if in 10 or 12 games, we find out Tampa Bay three is not good people will already be targeting that line by then. Now would be the time to start be targeting them. So if you need to, you know, dive down and start getting away from some of the elite ownership rates, I think I, I wouldn't go to Pittsburgh too, even though I don't mind Kapanen as a one-off because he is getting that power play exposure. If I was to full stack, I would dive all the way, not full stack, but probably two-man stack, you know, Bluger and Simone or like Bluger and McGinn or something like that. Because I don't think it's a terrible matchup uh, going into – uh, that third line for Tampa Bay and even the third pair from Tampa Bay, like Zach Bogosian and Mikhail Sergachev, like, you know, that's, it's fine, but it's not something that it's, I'm not a terrified of that defensive pair, right? Like Bogosian's fine defensively. Uh, Sergachev is, is much better offensively than defensively. So um, if I'm looking to get a big different where I'm looking in this game is Pittsburgh three, namely Bluger and namely Simone. Um, but I'm with you. I even wrote up Tampa Bay power play in my power plays article this morning on Osmo. Um, they're by far my favorite stat. And I think there are enough players that I like on the road between Pittsburgh and Seattle that I don't mind uh, using um, that uh, Tampa Bay stack. And they're not even super high owned. Like our highest owned players are the second lines from Vegas and Tampa. Right. So, you know, if you can get point and Kucherov both, you know, around or under 30% on a two game slate, I'll take it. So yeah, um, uh, I'm really liking that Tampa Bay power play, you know, throwing Kaloran, throwing Stamkos, use those guys. That's probably where I'm going to focus here. So Tampa one, Tampa power play, Pittsburgh three for me, 
out of this game. Uh, one-offs from Pittsburgh. Don't mind Heinen. Don't don't mind Kapanen. Uh, on the blue line, I agree with you about Marcus Pedersen, 2,700. Eric Chernak, he's he's a guy – like, okay, sorry. Before we get to Chernak, we have to bring up Sergachev because Sergachev's 3,400 DraftKings. Like, that's just a straight mispricing, right? Yeah, it's egregious. <laughs> yeah, because like I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure on FanDuel, um, I'm pretty sure on FanDuel he's like 4600 or something like that. So it's obviously just a mispricing from DraftKings. So yeah, like if you're playing cash games, Mikhail Sergachev should be the very first guy into your lineup for 3400. dollars But Eric Chernak is a guy that that's always interesting to me, and I like him at this price point. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, because obviously uh, at that price point, everybody's going to be going with Mikhail Sergachev, right? At 3,400. Eric Chernak at 3,600, I think makes a nice pivot. Uh, if you want to get way lower ownership for a guy that I, he doesn't have the same upside, but I think he can put up double digit points. What do you think about, you know, making a pivot from to Chernak tonight? Oh yeah. And GPPs for sure. I love Chernak. He blocks shots. He's live for the block bonus. Sergachev, He's an offensive player. We know him. He's 4,800 on FanDuel, so he's definitely a way better play on DraftKings. I mean, if, if you need the salary and the differentiate, differentiate from Victor Hedman, uh, I think, you know, and you, you want a Tampa defenseman, I think Chernak is perfectly fine. Um, I just – I really like that McDonough-Chernak pairing. Uh, I don't know about McDonough for DFS at his price, but Chernak at 3,600 for sure is a great pivot off Sergachev in GPPs on DraftKings. Yeah. Um, and just to back it up, um, we have Chernak as one of the five best values on defense uh, over at our, our uh, Osmo projections. And I have in my own projections, I have Chernak as one of the five best values, which is why I brought him up. So, yeah, um, anybody that wants to make that Mikhail Sergachev pivot and avoid, you know, a guy that probably is going to be over 50 percent owned tonight. Um, I think Eric Chernak is the guy. All right. Um before we get to the goalies, I just want to get to a question in chat real quick because uh, we did have a good question. Showdown strategy for DK. Like, I know, you know, there's showdown slates tonight. We're going to have a lot more showdown slates this year than we did last year. What are your – actually, before we get to showdown, I'm gonna, we'll just quick fix on the goalies. I'm not using Jerry. Do you like Vasilevsky tonight? i probably consider Vasilevsky in cash. I don't know uh, if I'd use him in GPPs just because everyone will. Um yeah. Okay. I mean, Vasilevsky and Leonard yeah. are going to be the highest owned goalies. Um, I mean, if you want to sprinkle it in and correlate, I think that's perfectly fine. Yari at seventy four hundred. Like, if you're if you're uh, doing one hundred fifty lineups, I think you have to have some Yari just on just on the off chance he goes nuts. But like, if you're doing a handful of lineups, I'm fading Yari. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. All right. Showdown strategy. I know we talked about it a little bit last year and I'll, I'll just start with one. My basic strategy is that I look, I, I stack around the way I, th- I think the game's going to go or the game script. Right. So let's say tonight, Vegas, Seattle, I think the game's going to be like a one, one barn burner going to a shootout. In it's case like that, I would probably put, you know, uh, Phil Grubauer, the role goalie in my captain, I put the other ca- goalie in my lineup and I probably put a couple defensemen as well, because, you know, you want to load up on the assists and the block shots and the, and the stuff like that. So, and you know, whereas if I think Tampa Bay Pittsburgh is going to be like six, four, I'm not going to use either goalie and I might only have one or two defensemen and I'm going to have all forwards. So I think just broadly, you know, with without digging in too deep that's my strategy approaching showdown is that i try to envision what's the most likely way a game is going to go is it going to be you know two one barn burners is it going to be you know like a four three back and forth is it going to be you know a wild west game and then just stack like that and if it you know if i think it's going to be a two one game and it ends up being six five i know i'm going to lose all my money that's just the way you know dfs works but if it ends up a one one game going into a shootout i know i'm going to be into the mix uh for first overall so that's kind of my approach how do you approach it I'm pretty much the same. Uh, I I build based off how I think it's going to go. If I think it's going to be very low scoring, I find a way to get both goalies in. If I can't fit one in the captain spot, I'll put a a cheap shot blocking defenseman in the captain. Just hope he hits the bonus and it frees up a lot of salary elsewhere to get some competent offensive players on there with, you know, both goalies because the the goalies are usually the most expensive. Um, If I think it's going to be high scoring, you know, in the captain spot, I try to, I, for some reason, and I don't have much data to, to support this, and I maybe I'll look into it, but I like putting the power play quarterback in a high-scoring game in the captain spot just because if there's going to be a lot of goals and the team has a good power play, you know, the defenseman's probably going to be involved in the scoring on the power play. So I try to get someone like Shea Theodore in the captain spot, uh, Petrangelo, something like that. I know he's not on power play one, but like Theodore or, or Hedman, uh, people like that, Latang's if I think it's going to be a high scoring game. Um, so yeah, high scoring. I like to get a lot of the power play. I like to do onslaughts. Like I'll do like a five one. If I think it's going to be like a beat down, like say like, I think Vegas is going to beat Seattle, like six to one tonight. I like putting an onslaught on Vegas. Like I'll put five players. I'll try to get as much as the power play in there with Leonard and I'll take like a, a cheap value off Seattle just to get, you know, you have to get Seattle in your lineup. So if, if I think it's going to be a lopsided game like that, I onslaught my lineups, um, you know, but if it's, if I think it's going to be a low scoring game, goalies, cheap defensive value, high scoring, I like to get, you know, power play quarterbacks in there. And, you know, if I think it's going to be lopsided, I try to, you know, onslaught my lineups. All right. Yeah. I like that. And speaking of onslaught, maybe that's something we should have talked about in the Tampa Bay game, the old Josh stack. We'll, we'll, we'll bring that up in VGK. All right. One more question real quick, large GPP strategy. What are your thoughts on leaving salary on the table? I don't mind doing it, but I don't leave like 3K on the table. Like I'll leave like 1500 or something like that or a thousand, but I'm I'm not leaving like two or 3000 on the table. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, it's all personal preference, right? If you make a lineup and you're not consciously trying to leave salary on the table and you get a lineup, you like that as 4,100 on the table, by all means go for it. But you know, I'm not going to be like, Oh, I need to leave this guy off because it's going to be duped. And, and you end up with like 6,900 on the table with like Cole Lind in your lineup. You know, that's not yeah. something that's going to be profitable, but if, if you get to a result that you like, and there happens to be 4,000 on the table, I think you can roll with it. But I do agree. 
uh, if I'm being conscious about it, you know, 1500, 2000 would probably be tops. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, all right. We're going to move along because we got another game to get to before we get to that. Once again, thanks to Yahoo fantasy for sponsoring us. And we have partnered with Yahoo fantasy this season to bring you an exclusive deal that gets you one free month of Osmo plus platinum to qualify. You need to be new to Yahoo fantasy, sign up for an account via the link in the description below deposit and play. That's it. Yahoo will send us your name after you play in your first paid contest and we will reach out via email with your coupon. If you need immediate access because you want to play today, email support at osmo.com and we'll get you set up. Just to emphasize, this offer is for new Yahoo users only. If you are, if you are already a Yahoo user, you won't be eligible for this prom promotion. In addition, you can claim $10 of free contest entry credit on the site, which can be used to enter any Yahoo contest including our Osmo special for NFL week, week six. And that contest awards $10,000 and a year of Osmo plus platinum to first place. There's fewer than 2000 spots available. So hurry up and click the link to that contest in the, in the description below to enter. Make sure to use our premium DFS tools and projections designed specifically for Yahoo to give yourself the best shot at winning big. Take advantage and join Yahoo Fantasy today. I mean, you get a free month of Osmo plus platinum uh, not, not a bad deal for anybody that is brand new to Yahoo. Have you ever tried Yahoo over there? Yeah, that's why I'm smiling. Cause I play Yahoo because, uh, I've been, I've been doing that on NFL because DraftKings and, and FanDuel have casinos and Yahoo doesn't. So I avoid, <laughs> avoid the casino. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, man, I, I appreciate that. You know, your limits and you know where to go and you know where not to go. It's all about knowing yourself. So good for you, man. I do love Yahoo Fantasy, though, for NFL, yeah. So, like, I enjoy it a lot. And I don't have an urge to go play some slot machines at 3 in the morning. and It's a win-win for me. Yeah, exactly. It's a win-win. It's not an automatic lose-lose. Yeah. And by the way, we do have two YouTube channels that we need you to subscribe to. If you love what we do for DFS, then you're going to love what we do for season-long fantasy football and sports betting. Just click the links in the description of this video and make sure to turn on those notif notifications too. We'll be, we will be producing sports betting and fantasy football content around the clock, so make sure to stay up to date with videos from your favorite awesome hosts. All right, we got one last game to get to. Let's get to that last game. Seattle, 2.1 implied goal total. Going into Vegas, Vegas has a 3.3 implied goal total. They are a monster favorite at home. Uh, the big news uh, for Seattle was that they had a bunch of guys uh, on the COVID list. And we weren't sure if they were going to play tonight or not. Because the way that it works with the COVID list this year is that if you're fully vaccinated and you're a close contact or something like that, all you need is to produce a negative test within 24 hours or two negative tests within 24 hours. So technically speaking, the guys that were on the COVID list yesterday could produce two negative results by tonight and play. But it doesn't look like they're going to play. It looks like Jeremy Cans out. It looks like Junis Donskoy's out. Uh, I'm missing some others, but uh, there's uh, significant players missing uh, from the Seattle lineup. So uh, it's kind of jumbled around their lineup a little bit. Um, Alex Barry Boulet is another guy that's out. He was claimed off waivers, but he wasn't on the ice for them today. So he's not playing yet. Marcus Johansson was in COVID protocols, but now he's not in COVID protocols anymore. 
So he likely goes to the third line. So this is what we're expecting the Seattle top nine to look like. Alex Wenberg between Jaden Schwartz and Jordan Eberle. Morgan Geeky between Ryan Donato and Brandon Tanev. And then Riley Sheehan between uh, Mason Appleton and Marcus Johansson. Now, again, like I said, I mean, maybe that third line is kind of weak now. But, you know, it, does, it doesn't look like a supremely weak defensive team on paper. It just looks weak offensively. And I think that's kind of an important point to note. Like those, you know, being, being a bad team and being a bad offensive team are not the same thing. So I want to get your thoughts here because obviously Vegas is probably going to get hammered tonight ownership-wise. I mean, there are only so many games to go to, but with Seattle, you know, expansion team on the road with all those players out of the lineup, I imagine Vegas is going to get hammered. Um, Vegas going back to the regular top six with the third line of Peyton Krebs, Nolan Patrick, Evgeny Dodonov. So why don't you start on the Vegas side of things, tell us what you like, and then let us know if you like anything on the Seattle side. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they do line matching because for majority of the season, they put Chandler Stevenson line against the top comp. But there was that stretch last year where they put out the Carlson Smith Marshall line against the top comp at home. It'll be interesting to see what they do tonight because that top line for uh, Seattle is actually, you know, yeah, we joke about Wenberg, but he, he's still very young and there's room for improvement. He, Playing with someone like Eberle has to be good for your career, right? We saw what he did with Barzell. Eberle is one of the best uh, play drivers in the NHL. So interesting to see who they match up with. Because um, you look at the, the Vegas ownership, again, Patrick, Stevenson, Stone, half the ownership of Carlson, uh, Marshall, and Smith. Like that's a trend that's been going back to last season. That line is always cheaper, fully correlates on the second power play, always highly owned. But if they're going up against Wenberg, Eberle, Schwartz, like that's an okay matchup. It's not great. Like I'd rather go up against Donato, Geeky, and Tenev. You know, that's it. and if if I have any inclination that Pacioretty, Stevenson, and Stone are going to be up against that second line, I'm hammering even more Vegas one. Vegas one's one of my favorite lines to play in DFS. It's one of my favorite lines. It's probably my favorite line tonight. Uh, it is a two game slate, so it's not really a shock. So yeah, I, I really like that second line. People love leaving Stevenson off because he's not on the power play, but this is a line that I full stack because they're very good at five on five as well. So I, I really do like uh, Vegas one off flag plant there. Uh, the Marshall. So Carlson Smith line again, that line's great. That line's fine. The price is cheap. The ownership is a little, a little steep for my liking in GPPs. I think, you know, I'll come under the field on them there's some players in you know in cash games from this line that like marcia saw that i would put into my lineup but for gpps vegas one and then vegas three you know you see nolan patrick evgeny dodonov on power play one if that does hold i think there is some value there they're only projected around three percent it remains to be seen you know how they produce you know patrick has had an underwhelming career in philly but you know with av there and that management you know, this is a good spot for him, a sheltered bottom six role uh, on a very good team. I think, you know, we can look for improvements for him this season. You know, I think tonight is a decent chance to take a stab on him on the top power play at that percentage, just because like you try to beat trends, right? Everyone knows that Patrick, yeah, he's okay. But if, if you get him at 2% on power play one, he has a three point game in a two game slate, you're going to be way ahead of the field. So I think you can mix in some Nolan Patrick. If you want to leave off Stevenson, get, you know, those three guys on power play one, the defensemen are always in play for me. 
we'll get to them in a minute. And then on the Seattle side, I like that top line. This is a very tough matchup for them, though. Um, it really depends who they get. I think I'd, I'd use a little bit more of them if I knew they're going to get the Carlson line. That second line, I probably wouldn't full stack, but I do like Ryan Donato at 2700 in cash specifically because he's power play one. Um, and then, you know, really, other than that, it's going to be tough to know until we know lines for sure and warm-ups, which won't come until later. Um, and then, you know, we have the blue line to talk about. Yeah, that <laughs> I'm glad you brought up that Seattle second line because I was just teching our top stacks tool while you were talking. Uh, worst leverage line of the entire night, minus 14.6%. It's The thing is, is that they're so cheap. You can stack two or three of them with full Tampa one or Tampa power play, right? And then still put in Vasilevsky and all, and, you know, all the bells and whistles. That's why Seattle two is so highly owned. I think I'm with you that I wouldn't really want to stack Seattle too. Like I'd take a player, like you said, I'd take Donato off or something like that, but I'm not stacking them. I think um, I'm, I'm caught like this morning. I started on the Seattle side because I, I was hopeful that the guys that were in COVID protocols might actually be able to come back and play. Now that they're not like, I'm kind of with you on Vegas three. Like I don't, like we had, we don't have them as a very high top two stack percentage. We have them as 1.3%, but that's as a trio, right? Like if we take off, um, like I believe Peyton Krebs is probably going to be on the third line. I think we have Matias Yanmark there right now, but there's a little, you know, confusion at, at lineup because they had an optional skate this morning, but I think it's going to be Krebs on the third line. Anyways, if Nolan Patrick and Evgeny Dodonov are on the top power play unit, like I think they have, you know, a higher chance to be a, a top two stack percentage than the Pittsburgh fourth line. Like I, I that's, I, I just don't, I, I think that their ownership is depressed way too far. And like I was on Seattle three, because that was the line for me that I thought, you know, like you said, Nolan Patrick didn't look really that great in Philadelphia. And I thought maybe Seattle three, you know, if those players are back, they could go into that, you know, Vegas three matchup and, and maybe do some damage. I see it going the other way now. Like I, I see Nolan Patrick and, Dino, and Dodonov and those guys kind of having their way um, with that with that Seattle third line. I mean Riley Sheehan, like I don't even think he was in the NHL. Like he was on the fourth line or as an extra last year. Like Mason Appleton, I'm not nearly as high on him as you know anybody else. Marcus Johansson, he he got ran out of out of Minnesota on a one million dollar contract or something like that. Like. There's just nothing there on that Seattle third line now that, that that all those guys are in COVID protocols. So I think that Vegas third line is going to be one of the lines that I pair with that Tampa power play, Tampa top line stack because they're cheap. Like the Donoff is, is good. Like he had a tough year in Ottawa, but he's still a good player. Like Patrick, for as bad as he was in Philly, his metrics still worked out to about an average NHL player. And that was with a ton of injuries and all that. Right. So like, I think there's there, – and Peyton Krebs, I think, is at least, you know, a third-line winger right now in the NHL. So, like, I think they're going to have the run of the play uh, against uh, that Seattle third line. So, for me, I'm with you. I really like that uh, Vegas top line here tonight. But I think for me, it, the way I'm building, I'm going to be focusing more on that Vegas third line or at least, you know, sneaking in Patrick and Dodonov, maybe even throwing in Krebs just in case because um, – you know, like you said, we'll find out at warmups what the lineups will be like. I don't think a lot of people will have Krebs on that third line. And I think he's going to be on that line. So that could be a way to, you know, differentiate a little bit while still using, you know, highly owned players that that you would from from Tampa Bay. So I really do like that Vegas third line. 
Um, I'm kind of like, I don't want to say I'm out on the Seattle top line, but uh, like Alex Wenberg is a good playmaker. I just don't know if this is like the particular matchup that I'd want going in. Like, I don't know if, if Wenberg's going to be able to play 19, 20 minutes going up against that Vegas top six all night. So I, I wouldn't say no uh, to using the Seattle top line, um, especially where we have them basically even in our top stacks tool. Like I think it's fine, but they're just not my target. Uh, I'm sticking. Um, I'm like, I'm with you. I'd take pieces of the Seattle second line or, or just completely move along for me. Uh, it's all about Vegas three. Uh, all right. On the blue line, like Shea Theodore is the guy that I wrote up uh, in my power place article this morning. Um, Hayden Flurry is a guy <laughs> like Hayden Flurry. Like we love Hayden Flurry here on the show because he's a guy that, that blocks has a high rate of block shots, but never typically gets a lot of minutes. Um, hopefully he's going to get uh, more minutes tonight, min price over on DraftKings. So don't mind a uh, punt play with Hayden Flurry. Shea Theodore, like I said, was in my write up for my power plays article. Who do you like on the blue line? Yeah, Shea Theodore is my favorite play on the Vegas blue line. I think, um, you know, Petrangelo is going to be the highest owned. He usually is. Alec Martinez, 5,500, always in play for me as well. He's the cheapest of the trio. Uh, he blocks a ton of shots. He gets secondary power play. If you're going to use Vegas too, I think you can use Martinez or Petrangelo. It's a preference. You can use both if you want. Uh, but if you're doing any type of power play one, it's, it's Shea Theodore. Alec Martinez is very cheap on FanDuel too. Uh, I think he's going to be very high owned on FanDuel. I think he's like 4,600, something like that. He is less expensive than Mikhail Sergachev. So, um, yeah, on, on FanDuel, uh, <laughs> I'm getting old, man. Charlie Horse. Yeah, I know. Uh, so am I. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, Shea Theodore, Martinez, Petrangelo, those three guys I'm going to be mixing and matching in cash. I think you, there's a case to play all three, really. Uh, on the Seattle side, I'm – I'm on the Hayden Flurry train with you. If he gets consistent minutes, he's the man for DFS. I don't know how much of a ceiling he has as an NHL player, but for DFS, if he gets 18, 19, 20 minutes at his price, always going to play him. Giordano, 5,600, his ownership is going to be a pass for me. He declined pretty pretty steadily in, in Calgary. Calgary. We are off and running on the first day. Uh, Vinny Dunn, <laughs> 4,900. If you want to, like, if you want to galaxy brain your lineup and put Vinny down at 4,900, he's not going to have much ownership at all. I think, you know, in GBPs, you can take a stab there, but Vegas, Vegas, Vegas for me. Yeah. I'll, I'll say, I don't mind Giordano at 5,600. If you're not like, if you're not using Theodore and Petrangelo, like and those super expensive defensemen, like if you're using expensive Fords and, and looking, maybe you're using Grubauer, like a Grubauer Giordano, two man i don't really hate in in gpps um because grubauer is my favorite goalie on the whole slate and usually i i pair my my goalie with at least a defenseman so that you know that's a two man that i will have i don't mind giordano but i'm with you love flurry's price um theodore absolutely uh giordano don't mind if you want to sprinkle him in your, in your 150s um just want to point out alex barry boulette doesn't look like he's going to play tonight but i was sent this uh, we were sent this in a DM, actually. Alex Barry boulet will accrue points in the two-game classic slate tonight because both his teams are on the slate. You know, he was former Tampa. Now he's in Seattle. Both teams are on the slate. So on the two-game slate, if Alex Barry boulet plays, his points will count, but they won't count for showdown or snake drafts. So if you're playing classic, 
Uh, you're good to use ABB, but he's probably not even going to be playing. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's not that big of a deal. It's just in case there, he does play and there's a late swap available or something like that. His points will count on the full two-game slate. All right. Um, I pointed out uh, my favorite goalie on the slate. It's Philip Grubauer. Is he your favorite goalie on the slate too, or is there some something else that somewhere else that you're looking? No, he, he is. I mean, I, I told you this morning, it's nice to have Grubauer for at 7K for a change. Like all year on Colorado last year, he's 8,500. And if he gave up one goal on 23 shots, he didn't hit value. But at 7,000, he's going to see a ton of volume. Um, if, he's, if he gets that bonus, you know, I think he'll pay off at his price. If he wins, just icing on the cake. Robin Leonard, 8,200. I worry a bit about shot volume with him. I think I'd rather play Vasilevsky if I was paying up just in GPPs, just because shot volume is a bit of concern with this team, with the Seattle team, without their guys, like most of their guys are on the COVID list. So Grubauer and GPPs, Cash, I'm looking at Vasilevsky. Leonard, I mean, look, look, if you're playing Vegas and and you're a team correlate your goalie, play Leonard. Like, there's no problem with that. He's he's a heavy favorite. He's going to win, you know. He's our number one projected in points. Yeah, yeah. So – just the only slight concern I have is a bit of shot volume. And especially if he gives up like one goal, 19 shots does concern me a little bit on a two game slate, but you know, beggars can't be choosers when you're picking between four goalies. Yeah, exactly. That's why Grubauer is one of my favorites because he's the cheapest goalie and probably will see the highest volume. Uh, we had a real good question in chat. Um, defenseman strategy in the utility. Where do you stand on that? I like it personally. I don't do it as much. I think as other people do, I do use it sometimes, you know, three defensemen on, on a DK lineup, especially where they brought in the bonuses, right? The block, shot block and shot shot on goal bonuses. Um, those really help out defensemen a lot. Where do you stand on uh, defensemen in the utility? My dog just went bonkers. Uh, I uh... Oh, dogs went bonkers, eh? So yeah. there we go. That's our first – that's our first uh, – our dog note of the year, the dogs absolutely love defensemen in the utility. And I, I will say I do it a lot in cash, especially in cash. Because in, in GVPs, I like to have as much correlation as possible. I, I will say when I power play stack and I and the team runs a three forward, two defensemen, and I use you know both defensemen, I will use a third defenseman from a different team, probably like a, a punt, like a Hayden Flurry, someone like that. So I do like using three defensemen in GPPs, but in cash, you know, there is a case to be made. You can use all three Vegas defensemen tonight. You know, they have high floors, high ceilings. So I think it's an underutilized strategy across the board in DFS, in NHL DFS, because, you know, say you have $5,500 left. Would you, who, who really feels like safer, you know, Alec Martinez or William Carlson? You know, I mean, I think I'd rather play Alec Martinez just because I know he's going to get more time on the ice. I know he's going to block shots. He's going to have a chance on the power play. He's on the top pair. He's going to be on the ice. So, you know, with that being said, I want the guy who's going to be on the ice more who can produce. Yeah. All right. Uh, Fair enough. I like that. Um, Before we get out of here, while everybody's here, if you could uh, just throw us a like and especially subscribe, it really helps us. Uh, grow this ch- to grow this channel and keeps these shows coming around. Uh, don't forget to click that bell uh, to get the notifications whenever we do hit the air. Uh, coming up a little bit later at 4 Eastern, we have the PGA Strategy Show. So if you're looking for a little bit of golf knowledge for your eyes and ears, we have PGA Strategy coming up 
in about an hour. Once again, thanks to Yahoo for sponsoring. Uh, don't forget to jump over to Yahoo uh, Fantasy Sports. Uh, link in the description below if, if you're a first-time user. Before we jump out of here, Josh, your hat trick pick. Before you give me it, I'm saying Kucherov because I'm taking the easy way out tonight. Who you got? I'm going to say Nolan Patrick just so I can use that AV picture all over Twitter for hours tonight. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I, I want to see Nolan Patrick get a hat trick because I want to see you go bananas uh, with the Nolan Patrick pictures, uh, with the AV pictures. All right. Uh, for Josh Harris and for producer Jordan, uh, this is Michael Clifford saying thank you very much, everybody, for joining us for the first show of the season. Uh, we will have many more shows to come. I believe I'm on tomorrow uh, with Jake. Uh, we'll double check the schedule, but we will be here with the NHL tomorrow. Check us in the premium Slack uh, if you're a subscriber. If not, hit us up on Twitter. But either way, good luck tonight, everybody. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more.